and my wee cut off shorts, cut off shorts, cut off shorts. jeans, jean shorts. Oh, all nice. frayed. How, how high are the cuffs? Oh, quite high. <laughs> high, 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 high. Kimberly high. and uh, Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buttocks. Same colour too. <laughs> yeah. And then do they come up past like your midriff? Is oh no. Somewhere around the waist is that where the, the no, waist? No, the, the t-shirt I was wearing did did not come up or to go down to the midriff. <laughs> like um, almost boob tube. Like bodybuilder type. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to show off your six pack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my six pack. Yeah, I'll oh. call it that. Twenty four pack keg. Fuck, appearing it. I'm losing weight this summer. <laughs> Somehow. Welcome to Almost Chuck the Shark. I'm Ross. Well, more like Bizarro Ross. <laughs> and here is the Bizarro Grant to my Bizarro Ross. Grant. <laughs> bizarro, Bizarro. <laughs> and here's the, well, actually Bob, in the parallel universe I've created, you're actually replaced by a sound effects board. So uh, here's a Bob to sound effects Bob, beep, bob, beep, bob. <laughs> Translated, fuck you. <laughs> I know, but they're wacky, crazy guys in that alternative universe. That's the kind of sound effects they would have. Okay, so uh, this show's format slightly different. What we've decided to do is um, take some films that we maybe love or maybe admire. <laughs> films that are good up until a point the end <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they almost jumped the shark or uh, came close and redeemed themselves we'll each talk about uh, a film that we we championed or or at least have uh, differing views on, on what the classic interpretation of them might be but first uh, a question Chris? yes which film would you like to do for the podcast that you know the other two would never let you to do in a million years, Bob? Well, there was one I've seen just recently. Um, Krull? Krull? Oh, yeah. Old 80s film. <clears throat> yeah. That was supremely bad. Was it that bad? Yeah, I don't think you would sit through that. <laughs> so this is a, we wouldn't sit through it. That's the reason we would yes. never sit Despite how many people are in it, Liam Neeson and people are really? waiting. Yeah. Is he the hero? He gets killed about halfway through. Oh, okay. So, no. Grant, any particular thoughts? Any Tarantino film you want to <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the original plan was to do Pirates 2, then Pirates 3? Yeah, that's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> We're never watching another frame of anyone but the first one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can remember getting to the end of that and going, no, 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 we wouldn't do that. I think uh, I think maybe Glengarry Glen Ross I really didn't like that film <laughs> like the whole of it <laughs> I think uh, it's too much a classic that I think he's would maybe argue me back from the edge quite probable but yeah Glengarry Glen me <laughs> well I'm not surprised from a man who's never seen Jaws <laughs> or Robocop <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Although in the other di- bizarro dimension, you've only seen those two films. <laughs> I've only seen classic films and have not seen any modern updates to them. <laughs> okay, so will we flip a three-sided coin to decide who goes first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's not going to set sides first. No. <laughs> <laughs> whose heads, whose tails, and whose heads and tails? No, I know what we'll do. Oh. See this hammer? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen Battle Royale. <laughs> Go. <laughs> what, you mean the Hunger Games? Nope. <laughs> Battle Royale totally fucking ripped that off, didn't it? <laughs> 20 years before. <laughs> <laughs> and much more violently. So, Grant and Bob, pick a side. Hey, I'll have that side. I'll have the other side. Oh, it's you, Grant. So, my first. Yep. And I get to choose who's first. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we only have a two sided thing and three people to choose from. <laughs> I choose a recount. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go then. Okay. Okay, so I've gone for creepy Jew hating Walt Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Walt Disney. Strange choice. The the first film that I can remember going to the cinema to see, and quite possibly the first film I ever actually went to the cinema to see. It's no bad to feature part three, which is my own particular one of that. Is it? Bob? Was there films around then? Well, one of the train coming at the screen. <laughs> Once we got a tram. We've <laughs> got trams in Edinburgh now. They do now. Not like the olden days. When you had trams. Well, actually, was, I say tram. It was, a, it was a donkey pulling a car. <laughs> Did you live in biblical times? <laughs> yes. Are you Jesus? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> You'll answer to me one day. <laughs> For all your crimes. <laughs> well, you said you'd come back one day. <laughs> I guess people were a lot shorter back then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is he is he doing that thing where it's like you know Jesus said about letting insults wash off you? Is this? <laughs> At least I wash. <laughs> Sounds like a. Uh, it's catchphrase from an 80s film. <laughs> At least I wash. Well, that's my time, man. <laughs> 80s. So, what was your first film, Bob? Sorry. A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill? I'm afraid so. A View to a Kill. It was a. That's why it's always remained your favourite. <laughs> In a certain light. <laughs> it's got a great theme tune. So, your favourite Bond girl? Chris Jones. Would you like to have her legs wrapped around your neck? I don't think there would be any place else. (laughs) I think that's just a signature move that she has. (laughs) Not only in Bond films, but in bed. (laughs) I guess so. I've never bedded Chris Jones. Until now. (laughs) And she's here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that means I have to have sex with Lorraine Baines McFly. Who do you get then, Ross? Oh, the f- first. You first get Belle. 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 
For, oh, from the first film, yeah. Yes. Well, who, who, was the, who was Angela Lansbury in that film? Isn't she Miss <laughs> Teapot or something? Miss <laughs> Teapot, oh, you dirty, you beast. <laughs> Not Chip. <laughs> no, I was taking it too far. That's how you got that Chip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> being investigated under Operation GG <laughs> after being accused by a grown up cop. <laughs> the tea lady saw everything. <laughs> Sorry, Grant, you were saying beat yeah, beast. She, she'll, <laughs> she'll go on, right? Uh, th- my thinking behind this is um, I think a few people said to us after Prometheus, how can you hate Prometheus? And when you talk about the reasons you hate it, they say, you just, you know, pick them out because you don't like it. I said, well, yeah, because I don't like it, those things really annoy me. (laughs) But every film you can do that to, you can tear apart every single film and, you know, use it to fit that purpose, no matter how much you like it. And it's only the fact that you like it that stops you doing that. Yeah. So that's the general point I'm making. So I'm going to take a film which is generally considered to be a classic mm. and point out how it's a creepy, creepy-ass film. <laughs> I think my main point here as well is, like, with a company as pure as Disney, if you chip away the surface, there's, like, utter darkness underneath. I think you just need to work there for six months, don't you? <laughs> Find that out. <laughs> is it Mousewitz they call it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Duck out, is Duck out, yeah. <laughs> So on the surface level, it's an enjoyable story, but again, like if you want to take it apart, mm-hmm. here are some of the things you could notice <laughs> and maybe take exception to. Yeah. Okay, first thing. This whole thing is predicated on an enchantress comes to the door, the prince won't let her in. When really, that's quite a bad message to be sending out to a kid. <laughs> if a stranger comes to your door, you will let them in your house, young man. Yep. Young 11-year-old man. <laughs> Which is what he is. He's 11. He's 11. It's social responsibility. She says you've got no love in your heart. That's why you don't let me in to stay for the night. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just not stupid enough to let someone who could be an axe murderer into my house. <laughs> Would you let a strange old woman into your house, Bob? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. What about in your bed? (laughs) Pantyless or not? What about granny knickers? (laughs) Nice beaver. (laughs) Okay, so her deal, she gets really angry because he won't let her in for the night when all she offers him is a rose. (laughs) I'll give you this rose if I can stay here tonight. I fuck off. This is a palace. Get to fuck. (laughs) He would just be on the phone to security. <laughs> exactly. Send in the dogs. <laughs> She's even lucky he came to open the door himself, really. <laughs> okay, so he's 11 years old. The reason I know that is because he gets 10 years to find true love, which is her creepy, creepy sanction she puts in place. She says, you've got 10 years to find true love. So if you extrapolate that, this is an 11-year-old boy being a bit rude, and you've said, unless you fucking find love in the next ten years I'm going to make you a huge horrifying beast for the rest of your life it's like punishment fitting crime <laughs> yeah when you could... when you were 11 were you the most socially responsible citizen possible come in old old lady <laughs> I was 
It's only recently I've become a total and utter bastard. <laughs> She's punishing an 11 year old. I would do the same. <laughs> Shut up, do your chores, grow up! <laughs> also, like thinking about people being punished who don't deserve it. So you let an old woman in the house one night and I have to spend eternity as a teacup. Thanks very much. What did I do? Oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Prince, whatever your name is. Because <laughs> does he have a name? <laughs> Not that, no. Prince. The Beast. Beast. Bell. Beast. And if you're thinking, like, well, he's the one that needs the life lessons and yet she punishes every single person in his life except... Of course, the king and queen who never show up at any point at all. Nope. Even though he's still only the prince at the end. Yeah, maybe literally the royal thrones. Maybe the toilets. <laughs> they can't speak for themselves. If they did, it'd be horrifying. <laughs> My mouth's full of shit! <laughs> Don't sit on me! Not, not again! <laughs> Try not to swallow, dear! <laughs> well, even worse than that. The dog gets turned into a footstool. It's like, what What did this dog do that you still have like lesson? What did this dog do that's so evil? Maybe it's what he would have done. <laughs> like, Punishing for future crimes. But he's not really being punished. He can still move about his... You see now, partially if there was a dog in the house and he got turned into a beast, that would be a bit of conflict, would it not? Wouldn't the dog be sniffing about his arse? He'd be like, get away! Stop sniffing my arse! <laughs> Fucking dog. Turn them into footstool, problem solved. Do you remember the opening song in this film? No. Um, I do. It's got the the line in it, there must be more than this provincial town, <laughs> which she's singing as she wanders around said provincial town. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stuck up bitch. <laughs> we don't want you here anyway. She just wants to escape. <laughs> I hate my hometown <laughs> Hello hometown <laughs> Thanks for the free books <laughs> Okay three points on Chip Who Which kind of sadistic pervert Feels okay about drinking out of a small boy <laughs> Well No <laughs> It's the only cup in the house <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't he's, because he's got a chip he's, <laughs> he's called Chip Yeah he's called Chip and he's got a chip out of You would throw that away but does that then mean when he was a real boy he had a big massive gouge out of his face like Carol Grimes in The Walking Dead if he didn't you could only imagine that he would then if he became a real boy he would have like a total burned face from all the hot tea that's been poured all over, over the years okay here's another point as well though is if he's if the prince has got ten years to find true love hmm. why does everyone else stay the same age mm-hmm. Well, I'll come back to this with a little theory I have later. <laughs> Does the word schizophrenia <laughs> Okay. The Beast. Where is the Beast the Prince of? The small it... provincial town? <laughs> Does it always... Does that justify a prince? The prince is the son of the king. Yeah. Perhaps in that small provincial town it does. <laughs> it really must be a small provincial town, though, because... They get very, very surprised at the the fact that there's a big castle nearby, mm. even though it's within walking distance because they walk there later. <laughs> Through the forest of evil. If it's only been ten years, you'd think they'd say, remember where that prince used to live? <laughs> that castle must be sitting empty. You want to go and have a fucking look? Yeah, I'll fucking have a look. You want to move in? I oh. think we should. <laughs> I heard the furniture talks. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a tea 
teacup with the chip in it. Fucking throw it out. <laughs> Bell's dad says, I've never noticed this before when he comes across it. The castle? Really? <laughs> You've never noticed this castle? Which is less than a day's ride and presumably half a day's walk away from you. You can see it in this instance, surely. <laughs> Gaston. Uh, why does he want Bell so much? Gaston. He's got. Th- remember, he's got these three boxum ladies that mm. are constantly trying to get with him, but he's always going after the the one that always turns him down. <sighs> of course, he does. That's the, show, why? the Cla- classic thrill of the chase. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember what the beast looks like when he turns into a human? Yeah. It looks like Axel Rose. (laughs) Ugly fucker. Should have stayed a beast. Yeah, he should have. (laughs) He looks a lot better. And I'm sure... He shouldn't really feel that. I can't remember the closing line, but I'm sure Bell said something along a similar (laughs) Just as credits rolled. He was a handsome beast. He was a beast. When he was a beast. Let me ask you, by the way, like, Gaston's portrayed as the bad guy. And yet there's somebody who's turned a, a whole castle full of people into furniture and a prince into a beast. She walks away scot-free. Where's the life lesson? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why doesn't somebody hunt her down and kill her? Mm-hmm. Like Gaston. Oh, no. He's <laughs> oh, dear. Gaston's little assistant, LeFou. LeFou? 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 There's a real weird undercurrent of whenever he's hit by Gaston... This big shitty grin is on his face, as I have to say. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he grins. It's creepy. He's <laughs> thankful for the attention. It's a bit weird. Okay. The in the beast's castle, all the furniture is, you know, as his servants turned into furniture. Yeah. So, so you know the scene where. He's in his bedroom, like, smashing up furniture. Is he killing <laughs> servants? So when, when the curse gets lifted, there's going to be, like, a, a room full of, like, limbs and entrails in there. Smashed up people. Yeah. <laughs> come to think of it, when Cogsworth falls over, all these, like, cogs come out of him, the clock. That's right, yeah, I remember that. So is that internal organs trying to escape <laughs> out there? If he puts them back in in the right enough order and then shuts the door and then gets turned back into human, does that mean he's okay? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Good thing he put them all the right way. <laughs> oh, my heart's upside down. <laughs> Bob, what does Gaston do for a living? Is he a hunter? He's a hunter. Mm. And so his big crime at the end is he goes to hunt a big beast. <laughs> He hunts the hairy beast <laughs> with his would-be girlfriend. Wasn't that what he did try to do with Belle? Yes. Hunt the hairy beast. <laughs> he certainly did want to hunt that beast. He wanted to track that down. And yet we're supposed to cheer when he falls to his death <laughs> because he's doing his job as a hunter. Oh, there's a beast there. As a hunter, I'll protect everyone by killing it. But he didn't get to know the beast, Grant. <laughs> the beast was lovely. I had a fucking trial, Bob. <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> but they threw him down a big chasm. How about a trial? Because he was the bad guy. <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> but he is. I'm eight years old. <laughs> I know you are, but... <laughs> Actually, when this came out, no, I'll be about 17 years. Yeah, I was eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would still like chuck him off the fucking edge. <laughs> the beast. <Come> on. <laughs> oh wait, the beast done it. A human is an ugly cunt. I should have stayed a beast. The beast um, has a magic mirror that can let him see everything he wants in the world. Dirty beast. <laughs> Bearing in mind, he has grown up from eleven to twenty-one. Dirty. dirty. <laughs> that room must be so filthy. It's pretty much. There's a lot of computer bits of furniture, extra <laughs> <laughs> stains on them in there. Jeez, he's at it again. <laughs> Pity the poor servant that became the toilet roll. <laughs> oh. Not my sock. arm. Not my leg. <laughs> Not on the cushion. No. Coming back to something Ross mentioned earlier, presumably, oh, I've had it was you, Bob. Uh, if the chef becomes a stove, then. The person that cleans the toilets would become a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they all kind of took the place of the thing that they did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that beast is going to have some unforgiving poos. <laughs> imagine I'll get matted in his fur. That's why he was grateful for Bell to be sticking him. <laughs> So the less said for the one that was turned into the bidet, the better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great scene in this where they have a playful snowball fight, and the bit where it's clear they're about to fuck. <laughs> they're, about, they're clearly about to fuck. Alright. <laughs> You've taken this too far. This, this seems to be what you've read at the ground, not yeah. anybody else. <laughs> he picks up a snowball that is so big it would definitely kill her <laughs> she would drown <laughs> in snow <laughs> it's not a big one it's just, well, it's just logistically I don't like that <laughs> there must it's that big could have been a boulder <laughs> just forgot that's it was the, there well that's the whole thing about when you were throwing snowballs eh? there could be a stone inside that you don't know there could be a, there could be an entire town inside that snowball beast don't throw it do you remember at the end where he gets stabbed and she's like no I love you please come back to life and he comes back to life and his wound is magically healed what? do you remember the bit where the enchantress run away saying and if you find true love but you've been stabbed through the heart then you magically come back to life <laughs> bye I think I was in the clause <laughs> on the contract it came up along the bottom in that really quick writing like oh yeah 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 your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up right. your bed <laughs> your heart may be much if, if, <laughs> if you forcibly imprison a woman in your castle and then she falls in love with you that's good enough Stockholm Syndrome can also break this curse bless <laughs> force her to love you you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's where that guy got the idea in America to keep all those women chained up in his basement? <laughs> well, force one of them to love him and then he wouldn't turn into the... He would, beast. He would turn back from the beast that he'd become. Okay. Damning Lumiere's commentary you've got there, Bob. <laughs> Lumiere's big song number. One of the lines in it is, Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Walt. <laughs> yep, definitely written by Walt Disney that <laughs> The amount of staff that must have been in this castle as well. Because <laughs> if you watch the musical numbers, mm-hmm. there's like hundreds of dishes all dancing. And... 
Yeah, that's right. How did no one know about this castle nearby, which employed like a third of the, the town? Kind of Where are all your butters? <laughs> Don't know. Just haven't seen them for a while. Just gone. <laughs> Definitely not turned into a toilet anyway. <laughs> they all said something about this provincial town. <laughs> they, they wanted out. <laughs> They were all gone. She just got promoted to crapper maid as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's my theory behind this film. Mm-hmm. The Enchantress is in fact Belle's superego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to exist in a prince's world, she has to stop classifying people as real people and classifying them as objects okay. instead. Mm-hmm. And that's how she battles her way to the upper classes by shutting herself off from everyone around her. Mm-hmm. She hears voices and has vivid hallucinations, two of the signs of being schizophrenic. <laughs> she refuses all offers of help every time the t- people in town try to help her. Yep. She bats it all back. She sees it all as like criticism towards her. Mm-hmm. because She's so dedicated to... Trying to better herself. And her view of bettering herself yeah. is just getting a man. Yeah. An upper class man. Yes. Is, uh, not a hunter. Oh, no. Well, every time... Well, Gaston tries to help her, though. Mm. And every time he tries to offer assistance, it's, like, slapped back in, in his face. Yeah, it's uh, a ballpark. It's... But it's... You're seeing it through her... Eyes. Oh no, first, the first time I met Gaston, I knew it was a bobby. <laughs> are, are you the dog? Or... <laughs> so, yeah. what she does is she rejects her own class. Mm-hmm. And this is what she's doing. Mm-hmm. When all these people reach out their hand to her, she's rejecting it all because she wants to enter the beastly upper class mm. where people are worshipped through accident of birth and line as those weaker than themselves. Mm as not proper people what they're trying to do is they're trying to like see upper class as something that should be worshipped lower class as something that should be hated and shat upon the lower class is portrayed as a collective community which is always trying to reach out and help her that's always portrayed as a bad thing <laughs> even though on the surf like on the basic level that is a good thing yeah she chooses to kill the representation of the lower class, which is Gaston, mm-hmm. and lie to herself about the beast of the upper class and choose to view him as a normal person so she can live her life with him, even though there's no changing a beast. You can't take someone's inherent characteristics and change them. And that is a horrible message to send to young girls. Chris Brown and Vienna. <laughs> If you try hard enough, that beast will be a lot better. That's a horrible message to send to young girls. No, Rihanna. He won't. <laughs> so other than that, I guess it's okay. You can also... See, when you were saying that, and you were talking about the upper, the upper classes and the lower classes, did you not think, though, um, there's the capitalism and the Marxism thing? Like, the, the town are trying to, like, better themselves and, and keep everybody safe and, and all this. And uh, she decides to go with the, the snooty upper folk. <laughs> yeah, it's all... Yeah, I see what you mean, actually, because it's all farming communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, all agriculture-based. Yeah. It's all about improving yourself through the land. Yeah. Whereas the upper class is the complete opposite of that, yeah. isn't it? It's using the land 
it's raping land to suit yourself. Yeah, as it, this would have been shown as like the antecedent, the, the the antidote to like a pro-Marxist film. This would be a pro-capitalist film where you're like, <laughs> see, you want to be with the beast, don't you? <laughs> see, don't you think that the real sequel to this film then would be if she's living with the beast, she then meets a billionaire. <laughs> and then she's like I want out of this provincial fucking palace I want on the next rung of the ladder and, and that billionaire's called Dalt Wisney yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then she meets a trillionaire yep I can't I'm trying to think of an actual version of it but <laughs> the only one I could think of was the the beauty the beautician and the beast <laughs> <laughs> Ah, perhaps Beast reverts back to his old ways and starts shitting on the servants, literally, because he forgets they're not toilets anymore. <laughs> and so she wants out of that provincial palace. I'm writing the sequel, this well, is going to be great. Well, you could argue that the, the servants were never... Objects. Happy? Oh, objects. They were never objects in her mind, as she she's trying to view them as objects. Mm. So Different can, from her. Yeah, so she can gain access to this upper class. She she was actually drinking tea of a young boy, <laughs> in my analogy. You could, uh, yeah. Ah, oh, you're scolding me. <laughs> Shut up, Chip. <laughs> Still, the songs are wonderful. <laughs> That's a catchy soundtrack. Okay, wasn't there something like really like impressive about its yes, spinning round yes. scene? Wasn't that like the first use of like computers computer or something CGI like that? in a cartoon? I think. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Yes, and those are the things going in its favour. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta say, if you look a bit closer with anything you enjoy, then be careful of what you might find. <laughs> well, I reject your analogy, and I just watch it as a young girl meeting a hairy beast, <laughs> enjoying herself and singing merry songs, as Walt Disney intended <laughs> all those years ago. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he did. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Dear old Uncle Walt. Big <laughs> Bob, will we flip the beer mat again? Yeah, flip that beer mat. Which side do you want? I'll have Heineken. Oh, it's me. It's you. Is that a better product placement? <laughs> I'll have Heineken. I'll have a Heineken. Delicious. <laughs> I don't even drink beer. <laughs> well, for, for my film, uh, I had a bit of a think about it. And mostly just looked at my DVD collection. <laughs> and uh, picked out Machete. Now, well, you picked out a Machete? <laughs> yes, and then behind that, I had my DVD copy of the film Machete. <laughs> uh, it's an Italian promotional product. <laughs> machete. Free Machete when you buy Machete. <laughs> That's Scotland for you. <laughs> and I think if you cast your mind back to to the the time that they were making these Grindhouse films. You had Death Proof, made by Quentin Tantino, and you had Planet Terror, made by Robert Rodriguez. Both of them kind of went over okay with people that already liked those kind of films, but they kind of, the rest of society were kind of, meh, and they, they, they stopped running them as double bills here. And in fact, it was only like film houses that were running them as the, the full double bill with the machete... Um, trailer in between so you're already kind of thinking right so that's where it came from and at the same time you're also thinking why did they go back and make remake B-movies or like try to make a film in a B-movie style anyway when Sam Raimi did it way back in 1987 
when he remade Evil Dead mm-hmm. and made it as a parody kind of a B-movie instead of a full-on sequel. You're thinking <sighs> it's already been done better. I think it's already been done better and, like, the the two that preceded it didn't... The two that preceded it didn't do particularly well. Mm-hmm. So... Why on earth would you go back for a third bite of that cherry, which you're pretty sure is already rotten? Add into that Danny Trail. Everybody likes a bit of Danny Trail. As a bit part actor, as Joe Bloggs in the background. Nobody really, until this point, had been like, I don't know, let's put him centre in front. He is going to be the entire thing that we're going to hang this entire film on. That'll work. Nah. Anyway, they're just too scared to say no. Yeah. <laughs> All five foot two of Danny Trail. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like when you find out how short he is, or when you see him in comparison to like a door, you're like, he is a midget. He's my kind of man. <laughs> but he is built like a brick. A, a, brick. a very small brick. <laughs> I'm working my way up to Danny Trail type body type. I'm happy there. So you got the Mexican food, right? <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of think of these and you think, these these elements are going to make a humdinger of a film. This is going to be absolute trash. Nobody's going to watch this. It's going to barely even be released on film. And what happened next was we got a hugely successful, way more successful than than Planet Terror and, and Death Proof being put together, much more successful film, which has spawned a sequel, which none of the previous two did. Although... I would argue that Don't know if they would have. one of the main reasons for that is that it actually captures the spirit of the B-movie of the B-movie a lot better and I will the get Grindhouse and the cheaper budget yes let's not forget let's well, catch those stars when they're falling down shall we so we've seen <laughs> <laughs> we've seen films that uh, that could actually quite easily be on Don't Jump the Shark because they started out with some high ideals mm-hmm. and kind of got lost along the way so Planet Terror and Death Proof would have been Perfect fodder for the the podcast, but Machete isn't, and that's kind of what I thought when I was looking at. It. Why is it different from those two? Because they should be the same. Mm. They're in the same basket, made by the same kind of folk. Shouldn't they be the same? So I thought, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take it and look at that. So let's look at the cast. So, like we said Doesn't already, have Quentin Tarantino in it. That's a bonus. <laughs> the most Correct. horrendous actor in history of Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, we've already spoken about Danny Trejo. Always fun to watch. Um, I'm sure it was uh, Rodriguez that said um, Danny Trejo's face. Now, there's a face you want to see in HD. Because <laughs> you do. It's an interesting face. <laughs> it's a lived in face. <laughs> it's, it's like a well used handbag. <laughs> But then, talking in well-used handbags, Steven Seagal. <laughs> He's in this. That's a huge, with, huge handbag. <laughs> with, I'm pretty sure... That's three a man di- bag. Three, di- three days worth of garbage tucked That's underneath the shirt. That's an elephant's ball bag. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's trying to smuggle home most of the craft services <laughs> from the weight that he's packing in this film. In his stomach. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of mouths to feed in his sex dungeon, apparently. <laughs> That I had previously, if you believe that. <laughs> I, I think genuinely what is what is important about this is he is absolutely not shying away from how cheesy the acting is mm-hmm. in this, and he do, like he doesn't 
try to reel it back because like this is the first film he'd been in like kind of decent budget wise anyway for a long time up at that point point. Um, I think it'd been about four years since his previous film so no no I think it'd been longer <laughs> Did it? I thought it was 2006 oh, and this is 2010 <laughs> I might be wrong from what his like, previous film at the cinema no no just film oh right, <laughs> no, right, right, come right. on <laughs> it's like three a year <laughs> oh yeah um, so you're, you're kind of thinking, he, he could have feasibly been like I'm going to try and play this smart so that I get more roles off the back yet, so that people see me and they're like oh that's a cool guy let's get him in our film but he doesn't he absolutely goes into it with both feet and gets the joke which is, makes a big difference I think do you think he does? I, I do I rewatched <laughs> it again after watching um, Under Siege 2 where he is trying to be serious <laughs> and, then, and then watch this and he, he genuinely does look like he's having a lot of fun playing this ridiculous role um, then how you... many cows died for that leather coat of his? <laughs> that's the question you know then you've got Michelle Rodriguez who Robert Rodriguez manages to take her toughness down a few notches because mm. a lot of films you see her and you'd be like oh she's quite oh Jesus Christ no I wouldn't try anything on her <laughs> Quite tough. But she manages to take it down enough where she's still like an empowered female, but you're still like, I wouldn't mind her being my she or whatever she is in this film. But she's not behind the wheel of an automobile with her whiskey in her hand. (laughs) You wouldn't mind her she and your Vagara? (laughs) Correct. Uh, We have Cheech Man. Cheech Man. Come on. He's good in this film. Um, Lindsay Lohan. Possibly. The first director to get a decent performance out of her since The Paint Trap, I think. Mean <laughs> Girls? Oh, or Mean Girls, yeah, Mean Girls. I like Mean Girls. Pass, I don't know any Lindsay Lohan film. But she, she is, she she plays herself in this, <laughs> ironically, which is... Uh, Apart from okay. her breasts. Her breasts? Someone else plays her breasts. <laughs> yeah. She definitely had a boob Quentin double. Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the boobs. <laughs> Um, Don Johnson always oh, like a bit Don, Don Johnson. Johnson as a bad guy as well well cast as a bad guy Jessica Alba I don't yep. know Jessica <laughs> she's in it Jessica Alba is in it <laughs> I think he she's... really makes use of her acting skills <laughs> she's probably the best she's ever been but that's not much of a compliment <laughs> having seen Fantastic Four <laughs> Which one of them is it that finds Machete so attractive she just has to sleep with him? Pretty much all of them, to be honest. With <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, and Robert De Niro. Like, you forget Robert De Niro's in this. And he, again, like Steven Seagal, I'm sure of it, is loving having it up. And not on a, like, meet the fuckers way. Like, he really goes into it. Really trying. So, can I go all then? Yeah, he lost a he lost a bit of weight for that role, just to make Steven Seagal feel inadequate. <laughs> Here's how you do it: <laughs> hackneyed actors, threadbare plot, and a director who, although he did okay on Planet Terror, it wasn't superb. Like it wasn't amazing. Rodriguez is kind of hit and miss, though. Eh? I mean, you, yeah. you, you never know which Rodriguez and is going to show up. It really didn't do well at the box office. So you're thinking second bite of the cherry. He's, he's not going to put his whole heart in it. Way back, back to Lindsay Lohan again. 
He also apparently was executive producing Predators, which was filming on the set next to theirs, mm-hmm. where Danny Trejo was also acting, filmed at the same time. So you kind of got to think, mm, they're splitting their splitting their budget, stuff. splitting their, their productions. Yeah, is it going to lead to two shit films? Probably, in like most circumstances, you'd be like, yeah. It just led to one and a half shit films. <laughs> so, why does it work then? So, you have characters who get the joke. That, I think that's important. They they understand why it's funny. Whereas I think you look at Death Proof, you look at uh, Planet Terror. I think they're kind of some of them. It's like Virgin Territory. Some of them are like, oh, I'm in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, I've got to be on my top game. And I think that yeah, put really them don't. off. Yeah, and I think Planet Terror was trying to be so B-movie that it had no plot that you could follow that was, and it was all over the place and the cuts were... It was too stylistic. It kind of forgot that it was meant to be fun as well and it was meant to be followable and it's meant to be something that you'd actually watch at the cinema and not watch because you were like, this is shit. Well, I preferred it to Death Proof. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was Miles horrendous. above Death Proof, but still not there. So then you have the plot. Well, it's not really actually that threadbare. There's enough plot to hang each scene on, and you've got enough plot that when it's absurd, yeah. you you let it go because scenes like are quite quickly over. So you think of like the scene where he gets taken into the hospital, and then he escapes from the hospital by cutting a guy's stomach open, grabbing his small intestine, and jumping out the window. That's my favourite scene. <laughs> You're like, that is ridiculous. You've got to love something you've never seen before. (laughs) Well, that's the kind of moment that in a lot of films we would go, that's the moment it jumped the shark. But in actual fact... That's the moment it got really good. (laughs) That's the moment it grew the beard. (laughs) It moves on from it so quickly that you forgive it the absurdity because it doesn't ruin the rest of it. it. Yeah, it's not like it's that one moment it was waiting for in the middle of the film. It's it's scenes after scenes after scenes like that. Like think of the moment where um, where he goes into the the estate and he pretends to be the gardener and the guys just go like, all right, sees Mexicans just let him past, and then he comes back and attacks them with a weed whacker. And then later on, when he returns, he just has to rev the weed whacker. The guy's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Brilliant. Great laughs. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's, it's quick enough that the way it moves on that you don't get tired of how absurd it is. And it's got enough plot that you, you can follow it. And it's not, too, it's not complicated, it's not all over the place. But it's engaging enough as well that there's a bit of a mystery as to what's going on with the senator, and I think that kind of leads into the next part, which is the fact that it actually deals with an issue. It deals with immigration, and in the way like really good comedy, like tells the truth by showing how absurd like the far end of the spectrum is. I think this does it here as well. Because it's like got the really redneck senator that's wanting to shoot everybody and supports an electrified fence and all this, and then you have these like ridiculous, yes, absurd. <laughs> well, that's it. Ridiculous. Yeah, yet, as the heroes, you've got these immigrants that are all there and they're all working and they're doing the shitty jobs that nobody else is willing to do, and it kind of shows how much the country would fall apart. So it's absurdity by actually relating it to real life. Brilliant. You know, I'm in it, and I would say that it almost jumps the shark, but it never quite gets there. It's, it's insistence on putting the trailer together. 
that you've seen. Yeah. I think that's the only bit that you're like, it's just a bit too forced, whereas nothing else... I think that's why I love it, is nothing that feels really forced except for that one moment. Yeah. Because, yeah, it does kind of hark back to that a lot, which I don't know if that's great. The the next thing I would kind of say is that it's something that's actually quite well filmed. It's like, it's nice visually to look at. It's maybe not like stylistically amazing, but it's engaging in the way that it looks. It's got, for me, I mean, it's got a Mustang Mach 1 in it, which is the car from uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the original Gone in 60 Seconds, which... Did you look that up on IMCDB? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I already knew that. (laughs) Um... The, the, do you remember the bit where um, Cheech Marin shows uh, Machete the CCTV for the church and the, the CCTV monitors are all lined up like a big cross? <laughs> like, just great little shots like that. And then there's the the lowrider crushing the guy, like how it's got the little bounce mm-hmm. tires. And then there's Jennifer Alba, uh, Jessica Alba in the, in the shower. Of course, there's that scene. And then there's... Uh, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez in a bra, and then there's uh, Lindsay Lohan and uh, not a lot of clothes at all, and then there's those two nurses not wearing much. Oh, sorry, I'm just getting onto my own personal highlights of this. And there's Machete not wearing much in the shower. His glistening leathery body. <laughs> then, <laughs> then to cap it all, you have Machete winning the, the final fight and Steven Seagal apparently losing the first ever on-screen duel that he's been in that he's it's the first time he's ever lost in, by? by machete to the no yeah but who does it it's himself though, isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why because he insisted yeah. on it it's, it's good enough I'll, I'll leave it at that nobody <laughs> but... kills Seagal but Seagal <laughs> I think uh, it's his speech that kind of sells it though when he's talking about this could go on all night so tell you what I'm just going to kill myself <laughs> so I think all in all I think it's enough fun that it kind of makes you forget that it's a B-movie at some point but the fact that there's enough reminders mm. gives you that rope to play with where you let it be absurd or that intestine <laughs> yeah you give it enough intestine to run with <laughs> they can jump out of a window and smash into the next floor window <laughs> Yep. The way the guy stands wind. still while he does it, that really <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, that flop? God, there's miles of this stuff. Rewatching it is when he goes up to the, the operating table in the room and the, the doctor's just like, oh, those are that's a bone cutting saw. It'll cut through bone like butter. <laughs> he's like, picks it up and he puts it in his pocket and he's like, oh, those are razor sharp and he picks up all of them. All of that Good times. So. That leaves just one person. Do you want to flip a... <laughs> yeah, let's not flip anything. No. Let's just get straight. So, Bob, your film that you feel you can never put in the Don't Jump the Shark category. Because it doesn't jump the shark? Because it doesn't jump the shark. Jaws 3. <laughs> ah. 3? Yes. Not 4? No. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> Jaws 3, shit. <laughs> no, my choice would be Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. One. Because there is only one. Uh, I think the only one. <laughs> you two re- reviewed uh, part two in great depth. Yes. Two and a half hours of review. <laughs> Sorry, two and a half hours of film, five hours of review. 
That's the usual way it runs with us. Jeez. <laughs> two and a half hours of me texting Ross saying, I'm so sorry you chose this. And you're like, so have you got sorry. the best bit yet? <laughs> no. It was just so dark. But anyway, um, I remember at the cinema, it was a choice between this and Terminator 3. <laughs> Sadly, I chose Terminator 3. Oh, wrong choice. <laughs> I, was, I was with a friend, he wanted to see Terminator 3, so... He's a real funky I just went man. along with that funky, one. Funky, funky. <laughs> you know, Do you remember that bit? Horrendous. I tried to forget most of it. It's when he's in... In the bar? He's in a, yeah. He's a real funky <laughs> man. Dr. Hand. Funky, funky. <laughs> Talk to the hand. That's oh. it's not a word that should be associated with Terminators. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. That <laughs> went off the rails quite quick, that thought. <laughs> so, yeah, I caught up with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I remember seeing the, the previews and I thought, that, God, that looks really cheesy and shit and horrendous. Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer on, no. Oh, Disney, oh, for fuck's sake. It's a, based on a Disney ride, oh, for fuck. What has happened to cinema? <laughs> and then I caught up with it on, on uh, DVD. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking entertaining. This is really good. It's fucking two and a half hours long, it's just flown by. Because it was a lot of fun. What's some of your highlights? Uh, Orlando Bloom? Oh, I love Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the reactions to the action. Mm. It's an old Raiders Lost Ark type thing. A lot of the reactions are better than the action that's actually happening. Yep. And I, I, I loved all that. Like the the fight where they're they're in the uh, that fighting around the donkey mm-hmm. in the, the blacksmiths. <laughs> that's, right. that's a great wee that's a great wee bit of business. That you cheated, pirate. <laughs> exactly. It's a great life. And the donkey gets a a poker to the arse and the it's gets funny as in. And, um, so yeah, any time there's like reactions to the action, which I think the the sequels kind of lost a wee bit. That but, fight um, always reminds me. The Three Musketeers or the Four Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those kind of old, like the Michael old York 70s. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's like good fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute! Didn't have the Three Musketeers have Chris O'Donnell and Charlie Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the definitive version. That I know. I'm from a different generation. <laughs> Remembers the classic version of Three Musketeers from the 1970s. Didn't um, a really shit one just come out? Actually, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> I said about that about from uh, uh, fucking Resident Evil arsehole Paul Paul Anderson Paul W S Anderson yeah humble I think it tanked though so that's don't news. confuse him with the other Paul Paul Anderson <laughs> yeah yeah Paul the, Thomas Anderson the, yeah the good one <laughs> what I liked about the Pirates film as well I think Johnny Depp at the time had gotten a lot of, a lot of fucking pressure for the studios to play it straight. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they were on set saying, yeah. why are you playing what it this way? What the fuck is... What is he doing? Why is he doing it that way? I thought he was playing a pirate. Mm. Well, Instead he's playing a drunk Rolling Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, and that was the joke. Yeah. Is there any other type? <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a great joke if they'd just left it at one film. Mm-hmm. But the longer it goes on, the less funny it becomes. <laughs> Apart from that one bit in part three where he talks to himself. <laughs> I'm not quite amusing. <laughs> But apart from that, well, that's it. It it hangs everything on his performance after that. Yeah. Whereas you like, if that's he's almost the a case, side character in the first. In the first one, and that's yeah. why it worked. Yeah, it's like the the first Hellraiser. I mean, uh, the Cenobites are only in it ten minutes. Mm. The film's ninety minutes long. Yeah, this is the same. He is a side character. He's part of the action. He's no, he's no the main thrust. Mm. But he's the thing that hangs it all together, really. He's the, the main end. thrust for me when I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> 
thrusting in my pants. <laughs> there is, you're right. Though, there's, 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 there's some great scenes, like the one where he's he's driving, he's like sailing the ship into shore, yeah. and it's like oh, sinking. The first scene you see just as he steps and, off the. I mean, that's just great. That's a classic. And who's the British TV comedy actor who who meets up? Oh, the guy for the fast show. No, 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 it's the guy for Lolo, the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, wee, the wee gay German guy. From yeah. <laughs> I've seen him in um, oh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Mm. And he's playing the same character, only not camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as anything. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good first scene, I like that. <laughs> Sales ending, you think, oh... Bit cheesy. What's this? <laughs> but he's actually just sailing on on the top of the mast, parked his boat, and off he gets. That's when he steps off, just as it sinks. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> that's cool. And not a bad word to say about uh, Verbinski, the director. No, no. I mean, not really. I mean, not, not, not in this film. I went to see it with James, who's yeah. guested on the podcast before Star Wars Episode Three, and we went to see it because so like, this is going to be shit. Let's go and see this. And I, I, I was watching it going, I actually really enjoyed this. <laughs> and he laid over to me and went, this is really good. I was like, oh, <laughs> Christ, that could have been awkward. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It was fun. Like when I had to pretend that I liked uh, Hulk after seeing that like, guy we used to work with. <laughs> like the first? Yeah, the... the Ang Lee Hulk. You would like me when I'm Ang Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, just a lot of fun. Even he the, also, even the I music. Remember, uh, he, we went to see the, the Matrix Part Three. He said that was the best. Oh no, the best trilogy in the history of cinema. And I was like, where did I go from here? <laughs> Bearing in mind, Indiana Jones was still a trilogy at that time as well. Yeah, yeah. The Matrix is not the best trilogy ever. Everybody's got their views on what their best trilogy is, anyway. Pirates of the Caribbean for me. <laughs> There's four of them now, so in your face, Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a quadrilogy now. No, no, that last one was just horrendous. The, the two that came before it were fine. <laughs> Children being hanged yeah. at the start. <laughs> that's what every kid wants to see. Yeah, that's quite quite dark, isn't it? I th- did somebody not like? Was there not always commentary on the fact that, like, kind of past this point, they could have well taken it beyond PG thirteen? And it maybe would have made it a bit better if you'd kind of got into grips with the realities of nope. piracy. No, no, no. Go back and watch the first pirates. Were, ah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like when the, not the first one, the the like, the ones that followed. Yeah, but I'm saying go back and watch that compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. How fucking serious did they actually want to go? True. Were they trying not to make money? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think that was around the time that the whole Batman thing happened mm-hmm. and everybody was like, let's just go dark with everything. And I think as well, because Empire Strikes Back came out and it was dark, every second film that's come out as part of a trilogy mm. has, has to, to be, be dark. dark one. That's right. it's, it's like a cliché now. Whereas what the second Pirate should have been was a bit more of the same fun. Mm-hmm. You didn't need every stock character to come back. No, well, that's one of the things that ruins it. Yeah. It does. I think we've had this conversation already. Though. It does. Whereas you in the just first try to one, insert yourself into this episode. <laughs> in the first one, the characters, everybody's got a story, and every story sort of ties up neatly at the end. Right, so exactly. So have them interact with some new pirates. Yeah, in the second some one. other adventure somewhere. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. 
There's there's got to be a test audience somewhere that's given that tens though mm-hmm. every time Bill Nye turns up or can oh, Orlando Bloom's back. I'm oh. not going to see it if he's not there. <laughs> I fucking don't then. Oh, Kira Knightley's not in it. Well, I'll be going to see it then. <laughs> I can't get my Orlando Bloom fixed with the calcium kid. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but you're right. Even like Kira Knightley isn't. Horrendous in this. Like, no. just just watch what when she plays the part that she's meant to play. Uh, yeah, she even gets one quite good line. Which you is, want pain? Try wearing a corset. corset. <laughs> of course, he saves her with that big dive into the water, uh, and then it looks like she, he's trying to undress her corset, and then gets arrested. <laughs> so a whole mix Under up the there. water. <laughs> That brings her up, of course. No, no. Saves her. He saves her life. I thought you meant he got arrested under the water. <laughs> Those <laughs> underwater bobbies are quick. <laughs> That's in the second film. <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> oh, so much went wrong. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that first film's solid. Soundtrack solid. Definitely. Uh, Hans, Hans, in the bottle, right? Hans Zimmer. <laughs> and usually his music all sounds the same to me, but uh-huh. it's a wee bit different. No, I think it's good. It is good. It is good, damn it. <laughs> and I was thinking other couple of films that might okay. have went bad that didn't. One would be uh, Princess Bride. You ever seen that? Yeah. yeah a long time ago. Like, God, that's yeah. an amazing wee film. Yeah, you expect, yeah, it's going to be a pile of shite. What's this all about? But it totally blows away your expectations. It's got um, Saul from Homeland in it, doesn't it? It's got he Peter is... Falk in it. Oh, you can't go wrong with it, beautiful. And he's not even playing Columbo. <laughs> the kid for the Wonder Years? Kid for the Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah. And Carrie Elways. I and love Carrie a thin Carrie Elways. Four. Hey. Four. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, where else? You, you said a couple. <laughs> hey, yeah. He's no machete, is he? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, it's got Mandy Patinkin in it. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. That's Saul you know, from Homeland. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, the guy that plays Machete reminds me of a Mexican... Danny Trejo. Uh, Rue McClanahan. No, yeah, for the, that one. the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my other one is uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is just such a great, great film. Yep. That is how CGI should be used. <laughs> to make ridiculous things just that's even how, more just ridiculous. so ridiculous. <laughs> and that's how um, love stories should be told as well. Yeah. It's, it's got a, a, the core of it is a, is a love story. It's so sweet. Mm. And I usually don't go for that sort of sickly <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but I was totally drawn in. It was quite nice. Yeah. And great action. Because there was a follow-up to that, wasn't there? What the was it called? Was there? I know he made Shaolin Soccer before. Oh, no, yeah, that was what was that? I, mean, I watched uh, Kung Fu Hustle Shaolin. first and then went back and saw Shaolin Soccer. And again, Shaolin that, Soccer, that Team was, Evil. <laughs> this is great. It's fucking great as well. <laughs> Where have you been? Why do you look like E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> great fun. Yeah. Did you, could you think of any more? I mean, uh, nah. scanning Rossi's collection. <laughs> no, don't do that. You'll just hurt yourself. <laughs> Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the film that you thought, oh, the reboot. Like, because that was around the time they just let's reboot everything. Uh-huh. And it could have been really terrible, but. Not Defied bad. expectations. Well, if you said to me before I'd watched it, by the way, this has got the wee kid from Harry Potter in it, and he says the 
get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Yeah, that's the line he delivered, yeah. But then within That's about where it almost jumps <laughs> <to> jump. <laughs> Within ten minutes he's dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> better. It's a lot better after that. <laughs> Potter. <laughs> yeah, fucking Potter this. <laughs> With my monkey balls. <laughs> That's all he needed. There's a pair of monkey balls on his face, isn't it? Just to round off that film. Special move throwing some pieces. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if the kid, the kid for Harry Potter took a turn to the face. Turn to the face. No, I can't find a single one in your collection. You know why? That's because they're all just great. <laughs> Let's read out a few titles, shall we? Let the listeners be the judge of that. Survival of the Dead. I don't even see that, man. Shallow Hal. Oof. Pretty sure I bought that for the podcast. <laughs> well, we never did it. No. <laughs> Not yet. The notebook? Is that from your collection? <laughs> I think that's maybe from my... I would just about to say partners. Really, wife now. <laughs> He's how every man should be, right? Oh, uh, Norwegian ninja. <laughs> ah, the Norwegian ninja. That doesn't jump chart. What about um, <laughs> Dead Snow? Because, I mean, I've, Dead Snow was a film that I bought thinking, this is going to be hilarious. This snow, zombies... You're, actually, always, you're always on about Pontypool. Again, that doesn't jump the shot. I'll tell you a genuine one, though. Um, Battle Royale 2. Mm-hmm. Like, Battle Royale 2. Like, the first one, you're like, eh, I see this concept. It's Lord of the Flies with crazy, crazy, crazy people. And you think, well, they're going to make a second one. Like, really, it's just going to be the same thing again? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like exactly what happened with The Hunger Games? <laughs> And you watch it and you're like, no, no, this is like enough of a twist on this that I'm still interested and it's and it's fun to watch. The beach. The beach. That doesn't so much jump the shark as you get bitten by the shark. <laughs> and then they have to kill him. Could you, could you read out the other two film titles that are in that collection, Grant? Romeo and Juliet and Titanic. <laughs> oh, my heart will go on. Mine? <laughs> my hot dogs go on. <laughs> nah, I think that's... I think that's something else. But, um... Shall we talk about our next season of films? Nah. Our next four? <laughs> Can anybody remember what they are? Films based on books. Films based on books. Mm. Okay. So uh, we've got four films based on books. Each. A choice each. And one suggestion by a listener. So uh, do we have any early entries into the, the choice category? I already know what I'm doing. Do you? What are you doing? Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, God. Grant has wanted to do Bram Stoker oh. since about the third episode. <laughs> Pretty much when it came out, he wanted to fucking <laughs> rip it off. One day I'm going to form a podcast, oh. even though I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> so, now let me get this right. We are saying this is good up until a point, aren't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's gothic. <laughs> <laughs> so, the opening scene is good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> What about you, Bob? Any any early? Yeah, I was thinking we were doing Jaws. <laughs> Based on a book, is that? Yeah, of course. For fuck's sake! Fucking hell! No, I'm not going to do Jaws. Uh, I've not really thought about what I'm going to do. I think I might do um, the Notebook. <laughs> if you're going to make me walk sit through Bram Stoker's Dracula, I might make you walk sit through the Notebook. Oh, no. 
God. I'll, I'll see you. Tissues out. Ready. <laughs> is that how bad it is? I need my Jeez. tissues out every time I see Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you've got to keep your belt on this time. <laughs> that may be difficult. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> he reminds me of a young Carrie Elwes. <laughs> oh. I think there's quite a few films actually. <laughs> State of Play is based on a book. Mm-hmm. Scanner Darkly is based on a book. I like that film. Scarface is based on a book, isn't it? I think so. It's based on a bit of real life and a bit of the 30s film. Our music is Mr. Beeps, A Thousand Furious Bees. Check him out on MySpace. Just search for M I S T E R B E E. Okay, so we'll look forward to a season of that. In the meantime, should you wish to suggest us a film based on a book that you'd like to see us review on the podcast, just send us a message, either in an email at don'tjumptheshark.com or Twitter, Grant? At don'tjumptheshark. Or Facebook, Bob? Yeah, yeah, they can get us on Facebook. <laughs> totally find us yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. they can. <laughs> Don't jump the shark film podcast. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed our uh, look at films that almost jumped the shark. Grant is now going back to his dark place. <laughs> Where films always jump the shark. <laughs> and always dark. Enjoy Disney, Grant. <laughs> bye. See you later. Goodbye. Glad my windows are open. <laughs> that old woman gets out her car. Yeah, you get out that car, lady. She's, the thing is, she's just going to see your head appearing briefly at points, then disappearing and be laughing lots. Yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll see a lot of my head. <laughs> she will. Just a little bit. Yeah. She's totally looking at me as well. She's, she's not going to see me. Where is she? Bye. Hello. Hello, lady. Hey baby. Yeah, you're Sydney. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that even a woman? <laughs> Are you oh. sure? Just she shaped like a potato. <gasps> I didn't say that. <laughs>